As American poet Marielle Rukaser says, the journey is my home. Having never been to Philmont Scout Ranch, Dolly O'Neill began a journey to what would become her home in March of 2011 when her husband, David O'Neill, was offered a full-time position at the ranch. Eleven years later, the O'Neills remain at Philmont with their two daughters and furry friends. Dolly shares her fish-out-of-water experience arriving at Philmont and slowly but surely becoming a major contributing part of the magic it has to offer. As a first-time seasonal staffer, Dolly began as a receptionist in the Health Lodge in 2012. She quickly came to know and understand Philmont as she witnessed the grit, the care, and the grace that the infirmary staff put into their work, literally saving lives and performing miracles. At 39 years old, Dolly went on her first Philmont trek, while at the same time starting a new role as the executive director of the Philmont Staff Association. Dolly served in that role for five years and 10 months, successfully fundraising and helping grow the association's membership. Today, Dolly continues to explore who she wants to be when she grows up, and she dares to dream big. We chat about her love of world travel and how it is an incredible opportunity to be immersed into a world different from your own. From Paris to Costa Rica and Alaska to Italia, Dolly's favorite destinations and bucket list items are endless. Lastly, we discuss the first ever Philmont Trail Race happening this August 13th and how running has been a big part of Dolly's life before and since moving to Philmont. Dolly shares her running playlist hype music suggestions and what she's excited for for the future of the PSA and Philmont. Today, she dedicates her time as a board member for Cimarron Municipal Schools and works as a corporate recruiter. And speaking of music to hype you up, as we all do our best to stay physically and mentally fit, I got done with a yoga class this evening, and it included Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. The instructor had an awesome playlist. So Dolly, I know you'd appreciate that one. So thanks so much, Dolly. And let's hike on, y'all. Okay, we're all still good. Cool. So will you remind me really quickly where all you worked before the PSA? So I only worked one true summer, Caitlin, and that was 2012. And it was in the health lodge before it was infirmary. Got um, it. Yeah. Before they switched the name to infirmary. So that Were was you my just... one true summer, secretary, front desk. And then 2013 to 2021, I worked for the PSA. Um, so this will be my first summer going into this summer since 2011 that I haven't like worked a Philmont summer. Gotcha. In some form or fashion or another. Yeah. Yeah. Got some of my notes here. And sorry if you hear a dog barking. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. You ready? Okay. I guess okay. Freddie's all over me. Oh, so nervous. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. <clears throat> all right, everybody. I'm here today with Dolly O'Neill. Um, you are you you've been living at Philmont for several years. I'll let you tell the full story, but 
you're coming today from Philmont Scout Ranch. I always love when I interview people who are at the ranch, who live there, work there. Um, so it's always very, I don't know, just cool to talk to someone who's there in person right now. So yeah, Dolly, thank you for joining the show. And um, for people who don't know you, I know a lot of people do know you and your husband, David. Um, but for people who don't know you, just would love to kind of hear your story about how you ended up at Philmont. Well, thanks, Caitlin, for having me. Um, I, I'm so excited to just kind of tell like my little, um, niche of the story of being at Philmont Scout Ranch. My story is a lot different than a lot of other people's, but that's okay, I guess. So I like to say we landed, (laughs) I landed here in 2011. I'd never been to Philmont Scout Ranch, but my husband, David O'Neill came out here in the 90s. And like many people, he's done a few treks. He worked out here a couple summers and just, you know, fell in love with the place, you know, died and went to heaven. A lot of like a lot of people do when they come to Philmont Scout Ranch. And I had just heard about this place for many years. And when he worked out here, it was during the time we dated, we were both in college. And so I was like, oh, okay, whatever, this Philmont place in New Mexico. But I never had come out here until he got the, a full-time job offer, which was in um, actually, yeah, March of 2011. So about 11 years ago. So our, our, my first trip was coming out here for his interview when he got the job offer. And that's how I was introduced to Philmont Scout Ranch. And then a month later, a month to six weeks later, we were moving out here. And because you're, are you both originally from Texas? Yeah, um, I'm from East Texas, a town called Texarkana. And David's from San Angelo, Texas, West Texas. So when you moved out here, did you already have your two daughters or did you have them? I can't remember the timeline. Yeah. So no, that's a good question. We moved out here and I had a two-year-old and a seven-month-old. I will say it was, I mean, when you move out here and when you move out here with small children, and at the time I was a stay-at-home mom, I had quit my full-time job and become a stay-at-home mom. I mean, it was a complete lifestyle change. It was... um. I mean, it kind of, you know, it, it kind of rocked my world a little bit in the sense of I moved out in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico with our two girls. I didn't know anybody. I mean, nobody. Yeah. I knew no one had no connections, no friends. I didn't have that Philmont nostalgia, that history. I had none of that. And so this was brand new fish out of water for me um, to come out here. Yeah, that's a big leap of faith. Like you like you just described, most people who come know what they're getting into. They are they can't wait to get out there. They have this community that's welcoming them. And I'm sure you were welcomed, but yeah, it was a leap of faith, I'm sure. And especially with two young kids, I'm thinking about like myself and all the times I've moved just in general, but let alone to, you know, Philmont Scout Ranch in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico. But we're so glad, you know, you and David are out there. You guys have done so much for the ranch and continue to do so much for the ranch and for the PSA. So it must have been a good fit because y'all are still there. So <laughs> yeah, it it has. We've we've definitely put our heart and soul into it in different ways and try to make the best of it for sure. 
Yeah. So you moved out there. You have your two young daughters. And do you remember getting involved or the first sort of people that became your community and your friends? Just kind of a shout out to anyone that was really there for you in the beginning. Yeah, I I would say the other a, a few other spouses were just really welcoming and kind. I mean, Mark and Linda Anderson were just awesome. Janice Clark was another um, John Clark's wife when he was a general manager. I mean, she was just really kind and would come and check on me the first few weeks for sure. Um, Diane Nelson. And in the very beginning was very welcoming. I mean, those three ladies were awesome. And I will say like fun, a little fun story moving in. So we moved into Doug Palmer's house, which is where we're still at now. 15 East Cedar Road. Everyone knows it's Doug Palmer's house. I still call it Doug Palmer's house. Um, (laughs) I mean, what a phenomenal guy. He and Betty were, they were also really uh, kind showed us around and, uh, they were just so, just so nice and gracious, um, when he retired and then David got that position. And, and so they were really nice to us, but when they moved out, um, the house needed, like, he'd been here like 22 years. And so it needed to be like painted. They needed to do the floors and like Patty Taylor was working on the house because she's really skilled and um, home renovations, uh, doing doing homes and done her home here in Cimarron. And so it took a few weeks. And so we lived in the carriage house, which is over by the general manager's house. And we moved here in April and went into the carriage house. And so we didn't officially move in. And David didn't move in until like May 15th. Like we, we really didn't start moving in our home until like May 15th. And as you well know, Caitlin... <laughs> May 15th is like crazy crazy town game on let's go jump into the deep end of the pool and to the point that David was so busy that the cons department like physically moved us in like shout out that was my introduction to the the conservation department there's John Selly and uh, I think Mike Serio and many others were like moving in our couches and beds I didn't even know these this these guys in this department and we had staff like help do some of the heavy lifting so that was kind of our intro to Philmont and shout out to all those wonderful people that helped us move in in a crazy to kick off a crazy summer yeah that is wild (laughs) yep oh my goodness okay so you I believe you did you go to school in Arkansas yeah I went to college at University of Arkansas Woo, go hogs. Um, yeah. <laughs> and David yeah. uh, went to Texas Tech and um, we're band nerds. We we're both in college bands and that's how we met was through our fraternity and sorority. So that's a whole other long story, long distance relationship. Um, we're together during college, broke up. There was a few years, reunited, got back together, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> what instruments do you play? Um. I played clarinet and tenor saxophone and was on the color guard for a marching band. And David plays baritone. Awesome. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's that's I like the like breakup, get back together. That's very I don't know. I feel like some listeners like Philmont relationships can relate. It's funny because my Philmont story and, and many of, you know, if you, if you worked there in the 2000s and continue to work there, um, 
early 2000s, I should say, you know, my story, you guys are like a major part of it, you and David. Mm -hmm. And so in my head, like those people, the the full-time staff members that live there and stay there for, for several summers, they're just a part of so many people's stories. And it's like, in my head, you were always there, you know? So yes, you studied, uh, what did you study in Arkansas? Um, I got a bachelor's of arts in communication, but let me tell you, <laughs> I had a really good time in college. It's amazing. I got a degree. <laughs> um, I partied and did a lot of road trips hey. and, um, you know, I, I lived it up. Um, so I'm just thankful I got, I got my degree just to be <laughs> quite honest. <laughs> um, I, I have a degree in history and I'm you know, a mom doing a, a podcast. So we all find our way, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, so you also worked at Philmont seasonally. So your first seasonal role was in tw- 2012, and you were a secretary in the Health Lodge, now called the Infirmary. What was that like? What was your first year like on staff? Yeah, so um, I you know, I wanted to know what this place was all about. And I even like lived here a year, you know, 2011 into 2012. And I was like, I'm never really going to know until I like work a summer. And so I went and talked to Nate Lay, um, who's still here and, you know, hires for the health lodge. And I was like, can I come work for you? I need to find a job. <laughs> I want to know what Philmont's all about. And Diane Nelson worked in there and she'd worked several summers herself. And so they were really nice to let me like jump in and work a summer. And I loved it. And, you know, I want to take a minute and like give props to the health lodge, AKA infirmary that that summer I got to work with a lot of wonderful people. Um, Nate, Toph White, Diane, Dr. Gertz, Marie, um, Marie, um, George, uh, Megan Herman and, uh, Eli worked that summer as well. He had just finished his nursing degree and and he worked that summer. And, you know, I learned a lot about Philmont and just how the, how the operation, how the backbone, the pulse of the place and the infirmary really is, I mean, it is just like booming through the summer and how they see a few thousand patients a summer and the miracle, literally the miracles and literally saving lives. You know, I just got to like get a glimpse of some of the magic that they do behind the scenes. And they're, I can't stress enough how awesome I think um, our health staff, our medical doctors, our medical staff, the miracles the above and beyond the grit, the care, the grace of what the infirmary does at Philmont. And I learned a lot in that summer. So it was good. Oh, I love that shout out. I, now that I'm a parent and I imagine my kids trekking at Philmont someday, I am like wholly reassured by the caliber of people on staff in general, but like the health, the infirmary and, and yeah, like you said, it is, a place of miracles. And I just, it, it gives parents and participants confidence to really enjoy and trek and, and, um, get through those search and rescues and whatever, you know, mother nature's going to throw at you. So 
Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the Health Lodge and everyone who is involved every summer. Um, you went on then to work for the Philmont Staff Association from 2013 to 2021. What did you do those first couple of years? Yeah, those first couple of years, uh, Randy Saunders was the executive director at the time. And he um, he recruited me. He's like, Dolly, what are you doing in, in, in like the spring of 2013? And I was like, well, um, I don't know. I don't have any plans this summer. I was kind of going to take a summer off, Randy. And, you know, last fighting words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, I need someone to help in the summer. So I started out just helping in the summer of 2013, 2014, just summer seasonal staff. And then it just um, uh, led into a permanent role. And then, of course, eventually a full time role when he left as executive director. I was the next executive director. But, you know, we did all sorts of things in the summer of the PSA. We, membership, we recruit, we host events, we meet staff, um, we do all sorts of stuff. My interactions with you have always been incredibly like friendly, outgoing, like you're a very good um, face, I think, for the Philmont Staff Association and and um, ever, all the volunteers of the PSA. But I do just want to commend you on like your service to the PSA for all those years. And I know that I'm sure you're still out there helping and volunteering because um, it was really, really great to be a part of the PSA under your leadership. Really excited for Bob Moser to come in into that role as an executive director and um, just keep the PSA chugging along. Do you want to talk about your first PSA trek you went on? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a trip. So, <laughs> I mean, so I, I started as executive director in early 2016, started that role. And so I'd never been on a trek ever. And I'm like, I'm just a fraud. I, I work for the PSA and I live out here at Belmont. And I'd live here. I mean, so from 2011 to 2016, what is that? Five years? I don't know. Somewhere in there. I'm like, I've never done a trek. My kids were small, but they were starting to get a little, you know, older. And I was like, okay, I, I need to do this trek thing. Of course, uh, was recruited and teamed up with Phil Weingartner, who's the our Trek coordinator for the PSA, wonderful guy. And he's like, yeah, you come Trek with us. And so at 30, at 39 years old, never scout again, this wife on the ranch, fish out of water. I'm like, I'm going on a Trek. And it was <laughs> awesome. And yeah. I've done th three Treks. Okay. And I, I, again, another perspective of how the ranch is, how the ranch works, that it, how it really does change lives, how wonderful this place is. And I was kicking myself that I'd not done it, done it sooner. I was like, well, really, I'm going to live here five years and, and I'm just now going to go on a trek. Um, and it was awesome. I was in PSA one uh, crew. And for any of you, you guys out there listening, I mean, a PSA trek is the way to go. You know, if you haven't trekked in a long time or have never trekked, that's that's a good way to to get out there and yeah. uh, do it. Do you remember like a moment of just I don't want to hike anymore, or like I'm done, or were you just in totally in your like loving it? I I will tell you, I w I was nervous and and um, 
kind of stressed that summer because, you know, I'm like six months into the role of the executive director. I mean, we're always busy going, we just coming off a reunion. So it felt really good to turn off my phone, pack up my bag and leave. And it was like this, such a huge relief. You know, when you're like, getting ready to go on a big trip or you're, or you're about to go someplace in the anticipation and the stress or whatever. And then when you finally like get on the bus or turn off your phone or you get on the plane or whatever, and you go into airplane mode and it's just like such a huge relief. It was like that to go on the track to the point where I like had this release of like some tears during some hikes. I mean, there were some definitely God spiritual moments and I'm just crying and I'm just like, this is awesome. And we started out in North Country, Poblano, Rich Cabins, and then went up into the Vividal. So we got to see a, a lot of beautiful hikes. The hardest day was actually the next to last day because we climbed Castilla oh, <laughs> and yeah. the Falls Peaks. And I'd never hiked Castilla, Little Castilla before. And um, that was tough. That was really tough, but was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. I I love how you described, you know, like turning your phone off and sort of that like exhale and just really being able to be present. And I think Philmont, that's a huge part of the Philmont trekking experience for participants, for advisors, for the youth, for everybody involved. Today, David is still in his same role, I believe. I know he's been promoted, but he's still associate director of program for the backcountry. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, what are you up to today now? Well, um, so I'm post PSA. I just finished uh, working for the PSA a few months ago and got a whole new job working for an engineering firm doing recruiting. Um, which is something I did before having children. You know, I'm I'm excited. I just kind of dare to dream to go do something different. And I'm still one of those people that um, still trying to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, Me too. Not Me all too, wonder Nelly. who are lost, right? Or not all lost who wonder, which I don't know what to yeah. say that. that. Whatever that is, I, I'm with you. I'm, right? I'm over here like raising my hand, like same. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still figuring it out, Caitlin. <laughs> 20 yeah. years after graduation, I'm like, what else do I want to do? <laughs> um, I'm excited about um, post-COVID and um, traveling again. And that's where my true, my true heart lies is just like travel. Where's the next trip taking my family somewhere and kind of throwing myself back into hobbies again. Yeah. I just made, made a, a career change and kind of thrown myself into dreaming of travel. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit more. So you are a big traveler. Obviously listeners know that Philmont's a very busy place all the time. Um, but you guys are able to take trips kind of in, in the quote unquote off season. And you guys are always going to really cool destinations overseas. You take your family, obviously. What is it that you love about travel? How does that feed your soul and enrich your life? Yeah, you know, just, I think it's just something that ever since I could remember, you know, this is going to sound so cheesy. Bring it, it's good. Bring it on. <laughs> it's gonna sound so cheesy. People are gonna roll their eyes when they hear this. I just, I feel your eye rolls coming, people. 
you know, ever since I was a little girl, I was just like, I just want to travel the world. That's all I want to do. I don't, I don't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to, you know, people want to be a cowboy or fireman or whatever, um, or teacher or doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted to, I just want to go places. That's all I've wanted to do my whole entire life is just go places. Now I feel like I got a lot of work to do. There's so, so many places that I still have not been. And I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface and I may never get to all the places I want to go. But if there's, if there's a place to go or a time to go, I just, I don't know. That feeds my soul to, yeah. to see people, to see a totally different place, meet totally different people, to smell the smells, to see a sunset and a whole other new land is just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's just it for me, I guess. I think it makes a lot of sense, really. I mean, it, we live on an incredible planet. There's so much to see, even just, you know, within the United States, if you don't have the means to travel overseas. And being at Philmont for the past 11 years, you you see people from all over. And so it's kind of a cool, like full circle, like you interact with people from all over. And then you also want to go all over and see, you know, maybe like where those people come from. And when I travel overseas, it's always, you know, like the food and the sights and the sounds. And it's this kind of like five senses immersion into almost another world. <laughs> um, so I I love it. I think that's I'm not rolling my eyes. I am uh, rooting for you to go travel. Where Where are some places that, okay, where are some places, like some of your top favorite places you've been? And then what are some of your top bucket list places you want to go? Well, I love how you just described that, how you just immersed yourself in all the five senses. and I, I just I love that. It's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. You, you just nailed it. So awesome places. Of course, uh, Paris, um, Hawaii, um, oh, Costa Rica. I'd, I'd move to Costa Rica if they'd have me. <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. I can. Maybe I will someday. Yeah. <laughs> Costa Rica is just so awesome and beautiful. Bucket list. So I've done 49 states. I've been to 49 states. Alaska, I'm coming for you. So it's yeah. like up high on the bucket list. Of course, the the Mediterranean and Italy, Spain, you know, more of Europe um, and South America, a dream of exploring, just like going all over South America. The list keeps growing longer and longer. It's like <laughs> a never ending list. There's so many good places. And like, I don't know, maybe someday our kids or our kids' kids will be able to, you know, like travel to the moon too. That'll be on their list or something. Yeah. Mars or who knows. But um, I love it. Do your, does your family love it as much as you do? Is it challenging to travel with, you know, I mean, you have two younger daughters, they're getting growing. Um, but what's it like? Do they love it? <laughs> You know, that's a really good question. And I struggle. I go back and forth with my thought distortions of what I think I think they think, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we started with them young. And that's my that's like my tip to anybody that's like, oh, my God, I have these kids. And it is hard. It is hard when they're babies. I've I have flown with babies. I have flown and breastfed on a plane with Me a two month old baby. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's not easy. I, I've I've flown with a ten month old, and that needed their diaper change, and you got to take them to the um, you know, the little tiny uh, 
tiny toilet in the airplane and it's not convenient or easy at all. And, and screaming kids, I've flown by myself with both girls when they were like one and three. Um, (laughs) and David still owes me for that one. I'm like, Oh my God. But you, you start them young and you just plan and you, and each time you do it, it gets better and better and better to the point where they're just like, where are we going next, mom? I mean, uh, they're already planning a trip. Like we're going to New York soon. Um, Next month is our like spring trip. um, Cause we don't really take much summer trips because of the busy summer here. They're like, mom, when can we go to London? When can we go to, when can we go to Costa Rica? When can we, just to see them light up and them start enjoy travel. So I think they are, I think they do enjoy me dragging them around the U S or the world to be like, I hope they don't hate me for it in 10 or 15 years. (laughs) Nah, (laughs) I I don't see it. (laughs) I I'm happy for you guys and I am excited to see you continue to travel and, um, share your travel tips with the world, um, in some capacity, maybe in the future. So also you mentioned, you know, kind of diving into hobbies. I know you're an avid runner and, uh, Philmont just announced its first ever marathon that it's going to be hosting. So have you always been a runner or is that a Philmont thing? Oh my gosh. No, uh, it's not just a Philmont thing. I, I'm so excited about that race. And are you, are you going? Are you doing I haven't, it? As, like, I just feel like I'm intimidated by it a little bit, but I really want to go. <laughs> so I think I'm going to sign up and just kind of keep pushing myself. It's going to be like my motivation. So yeah, Caitlin, if I can, <laughs> if I can run, you surely can. Cause I'm like, <laughs> let me just tell you, I, I am not, I'm not a great runner. Um, I'm slow, you know, Okay, you well, totally can. I'll, I'll sign up after this. <laughs> um, so in college, we hung around this track, hung around this track team. Um, well, the University of Arkansas track team, which is pretty well known. They they won national champions every year, the track wow. team in cross country, and was one of the top track teams in the U.S. when I was there in the nineties and even through two thousands. I mean, that coach, the coach, uh, John McDonald was there. He was like, awesome. And so our dorm that we stayed in, which had a lot of band, a band kids, um, cause we were in the Razorback band, but it was near the track, uh, indoor track running facilities and the outdoor track. And so, you know, being a young college girl, there's all these track guys, you know, walking (laughs) around. And so we made friends with the track team because, I mean, dining hall, same dorm, their practice was next door to our practice. And they're from all over the world. We had, they were South Africa, um, Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, I mean, Canada, they were from all over because they were like, go recruit the best of the best. And and they're crazy running like, you know, four minute miles and like breaking records and going and going to Olympics and winning national championships. Oh but gosh. they would hang with us band girls and which yeah. was a lot of fun. And <laughs> that kind of got me and a few of my friends just running because we wanted to be cool, like the track team. Yeah, of course. And I mean, we couldn't 
we weren't running near as fast, but we were, we, you know, I would go run around campus and, um, I got into running, like just like running all the time in school. And it's always been that thing that this floated in and out of my life. I've probably started over running about 282 times in my life, not exaggerating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's been there for me you know, through college, post-college, haven't ran for years, start running again. Um, Haven't ran a year or two, start running again. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that just, I'm not, I'm not great at it, but it sure does feel good. Yeah. You know, I think what people have described it to me as is a really good, obviously, you know, physical effort and release, but also just it's, it's a way to kind of clear your head and there's a huge mental, huge mental part to it. Do you run with music? And like, what are your, some of your jams? Do you listen to music? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I have all sorts of music, but right now my playlist is Get Crunk 2022. Yes. And it's got uh, Biggie Smalls and Tupac and Missy Elliott and all right. <laughs> and um, I, that's the music I listen to, you know, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre back in the day. Did you love the Super Bowl then? Oh my God. I didn't watch the game, but I went in and I was like, everybody, everybody, Snoop Dogg is on. Stop. (laughs) It was awesome. I thought it was, it was great. I was really mad that it was short. I was like, I know. Why is this only five minutes? I need 30 more minutes of this. Same. Um, But you know, that music, you know, it, it gets you hyped up. It just uh, gets you, you know, pumped up, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> whenever I'm having a bad day or just a bad moment or, you know, my kids are losing it, I just, I'll just turn on any sort of like hip hop, happy dance song in my kitchen as loud as my vol- volume will go. And we just dance and it just makes it okay. <laughs> so I am a big music lover and dancer, just movement. I think movement's really important. It doesn't have to be fancy mm-hmm. or professional, but just, you know, moving, having fun. Um, so where do you run? Are you, do you run on the trail to town? I have run the trail to town. I ran that, um, not too long ago to the Philmont sign and back. That's about five miles, um, from Cedar road down to the Philmont sign off the trail. I've, I've run down West Cedar road, Bobian road down to Riado. I've only gone all the way to Riado and back once which is kind of like lame. So I I wanted to try to do that again this year. That's Um, very long. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Well, seven miles there and back, right? Something like that. Yeah. Do you ever have any animal encounters? Um, Seen snakes and bears. Yeah. Snakes and bears. And I just like keep running like the other way. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. You always hear those those like terrible stories of like runners that mountain lions start chasing them and it's like ah yeah um, yeah but hopefully not it's just fun to it's fun to see your photos when you post you know that you've been out running and to kind of like look in the background like oh where is she oh there's the tooth um so I just love to kind of share that with you thanks for posting those pictures let's talk a little bit more about the the race the Philmont Marathon so I signed up for the um heavy half, which is 18 miles. It's going to be rough. It's going to be, I mean, I know it's not going to be easy, 
But, you know, the whole thing, doing a trek, I'm like, I've hiked 15 miles I've, in one day yeah. with a pack on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, true. I've gone up to Castilla and back twice. I've done Baldy twice. I've done Phillips. I've done the tooth. I'm like, it won't be easy, but I'm going to make myself do it. I think it's tremendous that Philmont has found a new refreshing niche or another thing to share with the rest of the world. Hey, come, come run at Philmont. And I love that. I hope it grows. I hope it expands. I hope it sparks other things. I was just so excited that, that they thought of that and created a registration and opened it up for another way to come visit Philmont. I love how you just described that. Okay. So being at Philmont for 11 years and being coming from a place, kind of an outsider looking in uh, with your background, is there any job like you would want to create or something that you would bring to Philmont if you could like sky's the limit? Oh man. Well, you know, working for the PSA, my favorite thing was fundraising. And I felt like uh, it was my strength and I felt like I contributed to the ranch and to the PSA. And there's a lot of other things you do in the PSA in that job, but I sure did love the fundraising. And I think if they were to make a, you know, development job or just a strictly just fundraising person, I think that would be great. But I'm not the only good person that's fundraises around here. Some other great full-time staff that, you know, do a lot of development in their own areas. And so um, that's just like a dream. You know, like you said, sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of those, um, you know, the, the like true Boy Scout background people who are maybe DEs, you know, they're trained in all that fundraising stuff. So I'm just imagining them like using all those skills, but also people who weren't, you know, like you and just people who have that in them. And it's they're passionate about uh, bringing in, you know, funds for a good cause for something that you value and that you uh, want to to better. So I, I love that. And, and kudos, yeah, to all the work you did in the PSA in that regard. I believe you're currently on the Cimarron School Board, and that's recent. Yes, yes. Um, that's another awesome big change that's happened in the last few months. I, yeah, ran for school board last fall, and in November was the elections, November 2nd, and I was elected. I was, like, shocked and appalled. I was like, really? You guys voted me? Okay. And um, excited, excited to contribute in some way in the community. And I've kind of felt like I've always been involved with my kids in their schools. I mean, I was on the Head Start Policy Council when they were when my girls were little and we had Head Start here, you know, have volunteered for this school for fundraisers. And so I felt like it was a natural thing to be like, okay, you live here and your kids are in school and you need to contribute. My mother is a school teacher. Um, we come from a family of they're all her whole side of the family are school teachers and served on boards. And I was just always taught, you know, you need to volunteer. You need to contribute 
in your community in some form or fashion, whatever you can give. Everyone can give time or talents of something. Yeah, that's exciting. I don't think it's a secret to many people who know me well or who listen to the show, but I, I, I have dreamed of, you know, working at Philmont full time and in some capacity or just like nearby, maybe if it's not like for the ranch, uh, for uh, something in the area. And I always have been really impressed with the school system there. I follow them on Facebook and I'm like, oh, they're having like a live meeting. And I like watch it like as if my kids go there or something. But I just think it's really important that it's it's good of you. And I think it's important to volunteer and to contribute. And as a parent and as a community member, like be a part of the school because that's the future of our world, you know, that you're educating and raising. And um, so I'm really excited that you get to be a part of that, you know, for your daughters, you know, just personally, but then also for everyone else in the community. And the community of Cimarron is so incredible. I just did like a mini series on three different Cimarron establishments. And it was so incredible to talk to community members about their interactions with Philmont. And um, uh, it's just really fun. I get to live vicariously through the podcast since I don't actually live there. uh, And I I'm just, I'm impressed. And uh, I just think it's a really special place. So we'll um, have to get you out here sometime, Caitlin. Um, You know, I mean, no dream is too big. Well, and I listened to your Kathleen, the most, one of the most recent Kathleen's Burrito Banquet. That was an excellent interview. And I love that you're getting locals in on your podcast too. How awesome is that? I, yeah, it's been really fun for me. I want to do more. So I, I think that's going to be a trend for sure. It's just a, such, such a special place, Philmont, but then it's so much bigger than that. It's the surrounding people and community. So yeah, it's been fun. Let's roll with that a little bit. For listeners maybe like me who imagine living at Philmont in the full-time capacity, what would you say is a perspective people don't think of, uh, whether it's a challenge or something positive or maybe both about living out there, like truly, you know, living every day of your life for 11 years at Philmont Scout Ranch. Yeah, um, I think what people think and then the perspective and the reality are two different things. I luckily didn't have that nostalgia or that perspective. I didn't know anything. So I just like came here and maybe that's to my advantage. I don't, I don't know. But a a big thing I think that throws people for the loop is winters. We get pretty good winters here, winters, wind and weather. And if you're not used to snowy wind or windy winters, that can that kind of can throw some people for a loop coming from a place that doesn't get snow. And weather does kind of, you know, it does affect your outlook. It does affect your psyche oh, yeah. or, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And um, so that's like one thing, nightlife or the dating scene. Um, if you're a single person that moves here, it's it's totally different than if you were living like, you know, in a big city or a metro somewhere. The thing I miss the most is Target and a oh and a nice big grocery store and to go to the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of those simple things that a lot of people take for granted, even in a town of 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people, we just, we got to go far for all that. Yeah. Um, but there's a flip side to that and that's the hiking and the scenery and there's, you know, there's a bear across the street and a fox in your yard and elk 
going down the street and deer and um, the sunsets and the traffic jam is turkey crossing the road. And so <laughs> that's like the flip side and the, you know, the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah. Target. I love that you brought up Target. <laughs> I'm the Target. <laughs> that's, that's very true. I do think that it's easy to romanticize Philmont, especially if you do have the nostalgia, if you were out there when you were 18 years old, you know, and had the time of your life, which many of us do have or did have. Um, so I, I think it's probably to your advantage, maybe, of that you didn't have that going into it. But it's cool. It's a cool perspective. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Who are some of your like best friends out there right now? What's your, who's in your circle? Well, Nancy Coleman just moved out here. And I am just, I was like, so excited. I'm so excited. We've hung out um, several times. Shout out. Hey, Nancy. Um, <laughs> love her. Um, I've been hanging out a lot with the school board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes um, sense. We've had meetings a lot. And, and COVID's been kind of weird that like socially in the last two years, I haven't really hung out with a lot of people, to be honest, which has been interesting. Like we all live next door to each other. And it's like, oh, um, I haven't seen you for six months because w- when COVID happened. So it's like we're all starting to like socialize again and kind of come out of our shells a little bit. Um, but my next door neighbors are awesome. Philip and Sherry, um, Philip Ferrier, Sherry Hamilton. Um, we definitely hang out sometimes and, and they're um, just the sweetest couple. So I would say that that's kind of like my circle right now yeah, <laughs> as I yeah. get past post COVID. I know I get it. We all had to kind of evolve and adapt with, with all of that. The PSA is separate from Philmont, but it's obviously very inter intertwined as well. Mm-hmm. And then you're, and then of course, David, you know, works for Philmont for the BSA and you guys have been there 11 years. You've seen different general managers come and go. There's been lots of people that have been there for a long time retiring. And so what has that kind of been like experiencing all that? Yeah, it, it has been interesting. It's been an interesting ride to see what you, the picture that you just painted, you know, some changes in the BSA, some big changes, seeing even Philmont uh, make some changes, whether it's structurally with new buildings and the new museum, and then the BSA and Philmont make some changes in policies and membership. And, and so it, it has been an interesting ride. A, a lot of changes that have been good and, and definitely personnel. I mean, and that's what's um, the good and the bad of this place. And I mean that in a loving way, you know, I get, um, I get attached to people and then I watch them leave. And over 11 years I've watched, we've, we've seen a lot of come and go and, you know, a lot of retirements and watching some of the people that you just like love working with and highly respect and they retire and go on, which is great, but it's like, Oh man, I miss that person. I miss those people. So that's, that's hard. That's you're happy for them but you get attached and you, and sure. it's never the same, you know? Sure. It's such a close, small community that that makes sense. I mean, that's there's no other way that story can end where you miss them, but you're happy for them. So it makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Do you have a, a story or a film memory that you want to share or your favorite place on the ranch? Oh, man. 
Oh, there's just all sorts of stories, Caitlin. I mean, you know, I've just, I've got to witness so many different moments, you know, through the years. I think I've, I've been so very lucky and fortunate to be that outsider kind of looking in, but then throw myself into the middle of everything by working on the ranch, but then being a spouse at the ranch you know, starting out as a stranger. So it's, it's been definitely been interesting and I've met so many wonderful people and seen so many awesome stories. I guess one story I will share with you is and not to get like too serious or deep, but just the resilience of this place. And it's, it's of the 2018 fire. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people talk about that. Um, in some of your podcasts, you know, they mentioned the fire here and there, and it's kind of like, you know, BF before fire and then after fire kind of type stories, you know, it's kind of like that marquee moment in time, you know, well, the fire happened in case anyone's not known (laughs) when that was May 31st of 2018, you know, and Felmont Scout Ranch catches on fire. And I mean, it, it's burning a thousand acres um, an hour and it's a hot fire. And it's just, it, you know, it ends up shutting the summer down for backcountry. But the one of the most amazing things I witnessed standing in front of our, of our brand new PSA building, we had just moved into a month before we had just moved from our little closet office to our new 2000 square foot building. And I'm seeing the smoke billowing in the backcountry and the staff has to evacuate. I mean, we have, Philmont has to evacuate. It's been, it's to the point where they have like officially called, okay, we have to evacuate. Um, You know, the town's getting ready to evacuate. Philmont needs to evacuate. And I see, um, I'm just standing out in front of the building crying, (laughs) watching the smoke. And I see all of the staff. I mean, it's like clockwork. There was a plan. There were like within hours, there was a plan to evacuate and go to Springer to the fairgrounds. And I just stand and watch. I mean, I couldn't really do much. I just stood and watched all of the staff line up their cars, pack up their things, line up and follow instructions and watched all of them go out of the staff parking lot and create a caravan all the way to Springer. And I just stood there and cried and just like watched it all. And within 24 hours from them evacuating, setting up camp, food, setting up food stations, setting up all of their tents back to training at Springer Fairgrounds. I mean, to keep going, keep their spirits and then all to come back within a few days after, you know, it was clear to come back to Philmont Scout Ranch a few days later. The resilience and just, I mean, I, I think the Peace Corps or AmeriCorps or, I don't know, Army of Engineers could take lesson in just the staff executing and implementing a emergency plan and the resilience and how wonderful the staff was that summer even though um, it was a really hard, heartbreaking summer. And I, I, don't, I just shout out to everyone in 2018 that survived that. And 
was resilient and um, rose above it and were just awesome. I was getting kind of like sick to my stomach when you were describing watching that all happen because, oh man, that was, yeah. even watching from afar, it's obviously not the same, but, you know, seeing it come in and having on social media and then texts from people who I know who were out there. And yeah, I am so glad that it, you know, wasn't any worse, but that was definitely hard for in, in so many different ways. Um, what are you excited for, for the future of Philmont or for the PSA? That's a really good question. I'm excited for Philmont to continue to keep being Philmont and, you know, hopefully the youth of America continue to discover this place. Like it has been the last, you know, almost 85 years now. Um, I'm excited that what Philmont has done for many, many people, even for me, and that it's here for all sorts of people to come and experience scout or no scout and that it it exists and it's beautiful. And it's, it's this raw pile of rocks out there. So I'm excited for its future and hope it continues to, you know, do the awesome things that it does out here. So um, and the PSA, the PSA is just this growing, well, old machine over there. Um, it's a wonderful organization and I just see it continue to grow and support Philmont and blossom like it has been. It'll be, will it be 50 years next year for the PSA? Oh my gosh. Yes. 1973. So next year is the 50th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone who's listening, I'm sure that'll be a big party, a big reunion 2023. So yeah, we'll all have to get out there. Do you have anyone you want to nominate to be on the show? Oh my gosh. I love this question. And I love hearing all the answers um, in your podcast. And I don't know if some of these names have been mentioned. I think Ben and Marilyn Vargas would be a fun interview uh, separately or maybe together. Maybe together they might be fun. Rod Taylor, um, Rye Taylor. Um, I've got to give a shout out to my predecessor um, and who was also executive director of the PSA, Randy. You know, he worked out here in the 90s and then was uh, worked for the PSA for eight years. And um, great, awesome guy. He's just best of the best, I think. John Murphy or Mark Stinnett, High Country Editor, they all are full of stories during their time out here and then continue to serve. And then I think Cassandra Robinson or Ross Robinson, maybe them together, Cassandra and Ross, because they work many summers out here. They yeah. might be fun. So those are those are some of my thoughts of wonderful people that I've come in mixes with. That's a good list. Thank you. Do you have an 11th essential? Yes. And this is probably bad, but um, when I go uh, on a trek or a long hike, I always bring wipes, like baby wipes or Clorox wipes. I know you're not supposed to because it's a smellable, but I do because yeah. you can wash your face, you can yeah. bathe, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. wash your hands. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> That's a great practical one. I love that one. Someone else had mentioned that. I don't think I've aired their episode, but someone else had mentioned that as well. 
I think I need to make like a coffee table book of like all the random 11th essentials. <laughs> you totally um, should make a coffee table I book. Should. That would be awesome. That yeah. would. I think maybe I'll do that if I make it to two years with the podcast. Okay. Oh, you're going to make it. Okay. Final question. Because you love running and music, if you had to close out your episode, a song, what song would you pick? Oh, man. Now I feel stumped. Oh, um, one of my favorites. You better uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Ice Cube. Great <laughs> words to live by. <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ice Cube to wrap this one up. Dolly, thank you so much for spending your evening with me. This has been a ton of fun to hear your backstory and what you're excited for for Filma. And I'm excited to see you this summer and to run with you during the marathon. (laughs) All right. Well, Caitlin, thanks for being for creating such an awesome space and being so innovative and creating this podcast. I mean, how awesome and brilliant is that? So thank you for letting me be a little part of that. 